Blog Talk Radio. It's Saturday, September 26, 2015, and you're tuned in to another edition of The Missy Show, where your premier source for fun and informative pet topics. I'm your host, Jay, and joining us once again is our super-duper co-host, Dee. Hey. <laughs> hey, Jay. Hey. How's your day been since I last saw you a few hours ago? It's been an eventful day, Jay. <laughs> Very eventful day. It has. We've yes, it has. <laughs> what was it eventful, D? Because <laughs> because of something yeah. I did, or was it eventful anyway? It was just eventful anyway. I got my first pair of boots for the fall, so I'm very excited. You know how happy that makes me. So. Yay! <laughs> I've, I've 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 gotten my first pair of boots and my first um poncho. So yay! Fall's coming. <laughs> it's officially started in my world, anyway. And, oh, and you know what? It is officially fall. We just have to wait is. on the temp to catch up. Officially fall. We are officially in fall. You know, it kind of doesn't feel like that here where we are, but you know, it's okay. It'll so, get there. Probably maybe mid October, later October. Will it? It'll be cool enough where you can wear a sweater or a light jacket. Yeah, we're, we're we're getting there. I'm ready for scarves and you know pashminas and things of that nature. So <laughs> let's just <laughs> let's just bring it on, please. The girl's waiting. The girl's waiting. Well, you're off to a nice start. You've got your boots. You've got your poncho and and all of that. So I, I think maybe the the fall gods may answer your prayers and maybe we'll get some cooler weather here. I am hoping we're gonna get a lot of rain for the next couple of days. So. Eh. But and you know what? Maybe that'll cool it down. Sometimes it that happens. Will. It probably will. I'm ready for it. Bring it on. Bring it on. Bring it on. You know, um, when I got back home, I went over my notes, and I went back on um, the same site that we used last year when we did our show about the different pet and animal holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually, what is the site? It's holidaysandobservances.com. And I saw that we actually have three animal holidays going on today. Really? We we do. Um, on September 26th, we have Amnesty Day. Okay. We have interna- International Rabbit Day. <laughs> and we have Shamu the Whale Day. Woohoo! Who knew? Who knew? Um, so shout out to the fish, the rabbits, and to Mr. Shamu. It's your day. How do you do? <laughs> I'm sorry, listeners. I am in one of those moves, so buckle up. Hang on. <laughs> it's going to be a bumpy ride. It's going to be a bumpy ride. <laughs> well, today's topic is grooming your pet. Is it necessary? But before we get off into that, we want to give out the answer to yesterday's pet trivia question. And that question was, besides the kangaroo, name three other marsupials. Mm. Um, Now, for those of you out there who may have kind of forgotten science class and what a marsupial is, 
Basically, a marsupial is an animal who delivers their babies very, very early to the point that they're not all the way developed, and the baby continues to develop. It has to finish developing in the mother's pouch. So that that's what a marsupial is. So typically people think of kangaroos with that, but there are many other marsupials. So the task was to name three others, and these were the possible answers. Um, some other marsupials include Tasmanian devils, possums, wombats, koalas, wallabies, and bandicoots. So, last one? <laughs> what was that last one, Jay? Um, it's a bandicoot. Bandicoot. Okay. <laughs> you know what? I didn't know a bandicoot was a real animal because there used to be this game that I would play on PlayStation called Crash Bandicoot. And there was this character named Crash, and and he was he was something, but I didn't think he was a real animal. So a bandicoot is a real animal. Well, there you go. There so you those go. are all marsupials, and there are others, but these are some of the more common marsupials. I didn't know a Tasmanian devil was a marsupial. Me either, you know. And I just, of course, you always get the picture off of you know the Looney Tunes of the Tasmanian yeah. devil. You hear that? Which they look nothing here? like that. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. But those those are some other marsupials. So kudos to those of you out there who got the answer correct. Check out next Friday's blog post for our next pet trivia question at she'satority.blogspot.com. And she's a tortie is spelled S-H-E-S-A-T-O-R-T-I-E. If you want to join in today's conversation, you can call us at 347-838-8313 or listen later in the archives at blogtalkradio.com forward slash she's a tortie. Links from information used in today's episode may be found after the show on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash missy.show44 or on our Twitter page at twitter.com forward slash Missy Show. Now, on to pet grooming. Is it necessary? What do you think, Dee? What did you find out? You know what? Just, well, of course I know it's necessary. <laughs> just, from, just from being with the Boomer Bear, you know, of course, having him and and just remembering bringing him home. And these are some of the things that, because like I said before, and I've said so many times on the show, you know, I did research prior to bringing him into the house, and, of course, one of the things was grooming. And because of he was a mix, a child mix, and anyone who knows, who has ever owned a child, seen a child, their hair is so dense and thick and wiry once you get in there that so it it and it, it sheds and just, like, puffs of hair that just float around, and you're just like, oh, there's more in the air. And so it's just, it's just necessary to, he was a dog that had to be groomed because of his hair. You know, the tail has this big plume of hair going on. He was a mix, but he was, he was, he was all chow. And so, um, yeah, it was, it's most definitely just from my research reading that you, you have to groom your dog. It's just, and it's just, it's healthy for them and it makes them feel good. So yes, grooming, I believe and just from my research, is a necessary thing for your for your dog or your animal in in any animal you might have. Well, I, guess, I don't know. You know what I didn't do. You know what I, I I just thought about that now is like different kinds of animals. You know, like if you have like um, 
And I, you might have to research on this, Jay, like uh, like the reptiles and different things like that, like a turtle. Do you want a and turtle? you know what? I didn't do any research about that either, but I'm sure with any type of animal, there's certain oh, types of grooming. Probably some of them require more, I would think. Yeah, you know, because we're so focused on, you know, the main kind of cat dog thing like that. But I, I just thought about that. I wonder, do you groom a turtle? Is there something you need to do for them? Do you clean their little shell or something? Do you just kind of shine it up and oh. I don't know. Maybe that's something I'll do. Maybe that's something I'll do after the show, just to see. Yeah, and um, definitely if you own a non-traditional, well, let me not say own. If you are a pet parent to a non-traditional pet, always make sure you check with your vet because they can tell you what type of grooming that particular animal might need. Because I'm sure there may be some. Exactly. You you always want to you always want to refer to your vet or or someone that that's an expert in that area about grooming. And for me, you know, bringing, I remember bringing Boomer home and everything, and, and we didn't, I had read up everything about, you know, grooming and everything like that because he had his own little grooming kit, of course. <laughs> he had his own little grooming kit with his shampoo and his conditioner and his, you know, the whole nine yards. But the biggest and the main thing for us was the whole thing of um, bathing. That became when it was time, because when he was a puppy, because, they, you know, I read I, I read a lot of information on the ASPCA, and they said that they recommend bathing a dog at least once every three months. Now, for Boomer, you, it also says that your pet may require more frequent baths if it spends a lot of time outdoors. And for Boomer, you know, when he was a puppy, it was different because he spent a lot of time inside. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like he was getting that, you know, doggy-doggy smell or what have you. So as a puppy, he didn't, well, we gave him a lot of baths. But we realized because his skin, because if you overbathe, you can overbathe your, your dog, or I guess your cat, but dogs specifically just knowing it, you can overbathe them and you can cause them to have skin problems. Mm-hmm. And so what we noticed was that we were giving him too many baths because his little skin was starting to get a little dry and scaly and, and I think itchy for him, so we scaled back on the baths or what have you. But as he grew up, once he became that little rough and tumble boy that he was, and he would go outside and play and just run. And like I would say, we had a we have a neighborhood um, boxer. We we renamed her Cece because she I, we don't know exactly where she came from. But she would come by and pick him up. It was his girlfriend. She would come by and bark and pick him up and take him to play. And when she would bring him back, she would come back spotless, and he would be covered, and you would just see his eyes, and just, you would just think, what, 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 what? And she would drop him off and go on, and I'm like, okay, great. So we would have to bathe him. And so the big thing was, okay, how do we bathe him? What do we do? And, of course, you want to get dog-friendly shampoo, and that's another thing you might want to consult your vet about. You can also go to the pet store maybe ask them about it as well. We would always get shampoo that had an oatmeal base in it only because it was good for his skin and it would just just soothe about or what have you. But his coat, it was like his coat repelled water. So so trying to get him completely soaked all the way through took like maybe 10 minutes because his coat would just, the water would like sit on top of it. It was just He like, had a really thick coat. He had a beautiful coat. It was beautiful but it was dense and thick. It was dense and thick. But I also remember the first time when he grew up to be a big boy and it was the time where he just knew. He it was all it was sort of like the time where 
when we would go, we would get ready to take him to the vet, and he just kind of knew the mannerism, so he knew he started to get excited. And he was like, I'm getting ready to go in the car. How he knew this, I don't know. But it also was the same thing with bath time. He sort of knew we would watch you, and we have a certain we would have a certain closet where we kept his his uh his his bath uh caddy. And when we went in that closet and we heard that bath caddy, oh, he would start to just slowly get out of the room. <laughs> it was like you would think he was like, I'm invisible. They can't see me. I'm just going to move on out of here. And so you've seen the pictures of where you're taking the dog to the bathroom. It was sort of like his front paws, and you were just pulling them. And he was like, no. Oh, so he didn't like taking baths. You know what? It's so funny. And I was doing research, and they were saying, you know, sometimes dogs just don't like it, of course. But if it gets to a point where they are literally kind of traumatized, you don't want to make them, you know, get in a bathtub. But with him... It was a thing where he just, it wasn't his favorite thing to do. And so we had to learn techniques to get him, you know, you associate the things that they don't like to do but they have to have with with positive reinforcement. And with Boomer, his positive reinforcement came through his gut. Everything that you wanted him to do, if you associated it with food, you probably could train him and get him into, you know, doing it. And so anything we really kind of needed him to do, we associated with food. And so for me... What I associated bath time with was treats, and that was another thing I read on um, the thing is that they say sometimes you might want to reinforce or or maybe a toy. And then there was sometimes after bath time for him, he knew if he got to be a good boy and he did what he needed to do, once he got out of the bath and got, you know, blow-dried or dried off or what have you, we would have a little short play time, you know, with his squeaky toy or his, his little animal or what have you. And so that was something he would look forward to because he would get out, he would shake it off, and he'd be like, okay, we're in the toy. Okay, we're going to play now. And so you want to reinforce, especially if they're just not really into it, you want to try to reinforce it with something. Getting him in the bathroom and then getting him into the bathtub because um, for him it was a thing where you had to put half of him in the bathtub and put the other half of him in the bathtub because he was such a big boy. And once you got him in there and you, you got him soaked or what have you, he would he would kind of go along with it because he kind of knew, like, okay, I know this is not going to hurt me. I know that just it's going to make me feel better. And he would go, he wasn't happy about it, but he would go along with it. And we would reinforce it with little pieces of cheese, you know, just little snacks of cheese. And especially when you want to try to, you know, clean their ears and things like that, you kind of want to reinforce it with, with something that's positive so that they don't have such a feel with it. And and he would let us do it. He would let us. He didn't like it, but he would let us do it, and he felt so much better afterwards. I bet it was hard to get him dry, though. Getting him dry was like because he. I mean, the bathroom was like a total mess afterwards. <laughs> it was a two man job. You couldn't give him a bath by himself. It was a two man job. Cause one person worked on the front, the other person worked on the back. So it was just like you handle your area. This is the border. I'll handle my area. This is the border. And so you kind of had to do it. But while we had him in the bathtub, it was a thing of, you know, you get the ears and you – and sometimes with Boomer, because he had a – as a puppy, he had a really bad ear infection because we started to give him a bath and, and you know, we were doing it, but we didn't do a lot of research as far as, like, not getting the water in the ears. Another thing I read, and this is something I knew just from him, because after he had a really bad ear infection because – when they have that ear infection, and I don't know if you've ever smelled a dog's ear infection before, just the ear infection in general, I would guess it's kind of 
sour and yeasty smell. And mm-hmm. so we kind of smell. And with him having his ears, it kind of flanked over. It kind of keeps a lot of stuff in. He got water in it, whatever. And so you can smell it, and you just like, whoa, what's going on in there? And so we took him to the bed, of course, and they were like, he has an ear infection, so we had to get the ear drops and all of the other stuff. So from that moment on, we just kind of knew. We were kind of... At one time we tried to, because they also suggest that you can put, like, little cotton balls in their ear if they can tolerate it, just to kind of keep the water out or if someone gets in there to kind of absorb it a little bit. But you want to be careful with that when you're giving them a bath because you don't want to get water or anything like that. And of course, you have to clean them, and, and you just kind of clean around the outside of the ear. You don't want to go deep into the canal of it. You never want to do that. And just kind of because he would get lots of trapped dirt because he was a rough and tumble. Uh, he would play in the dirt and everything. So you got to clean them out because they would get in, you, they would get too dirty and get infected or what have you. But you don't want to, you know, do anything that's going to hurt them or what have you. So, And if you're not comfortable with cleaning, like, their ears or what have you, you can take them to the vet and just kind of let the vet do it. But I just figured out how to clean his ears. He didn't like it. He, of course, never liked it. But some of the stuff you would get out of that ear, you were like, good Lord. It was sort of like digging for treasure. It was just like, what was that? <laughs> what is that? Yeah, because it's funny you um, were saying that about the ears because I I ran across some of that too, and they were saying that the actually if you sniff a pet's ears, it shouldn't smell like anything. It should smell like absolutely nothing. And it says if it smells like a pair of tennis shoes <laughs> you've thrown away or you should have thrown away, then you might have a problem. Yeah, and that was when we realized when he first had his first, as a puppy, he had his first ear infection. And I picked him up, and I was, like, you know, loving on him and cuddling him and everything. And I was kind of stuck around. I was like, what is going on up in there? And, you know, you kind of lifted up the little ear, and, you know, or and, and you moved or you hit it, and he kind of, like, yelped a little bit. And so I was like, uh-oh, we got a problem. And we took him to the bed. And sure enough, he had an ear infection. It was from, from all the water, because he loved water anyway. And it was from all the water he had gotten in his ear and just dirt that had kind of, impacted in there and it just kind of set up an infection which they were able to kind of get it and clear it out or what have you but you just have to be very 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 careful um with boomer because his hair was so thick before bath time we had to pre-brush him just to remove all the mats and stuff and that's one of the things that they they kind of you know say um you want to make sure the water is kind of lukewarm because you know how you have your bath water you have to think this dog is not going to want a nice hot steamy bath, you know, their skin and everything. So you want it lukewarm. You don't want it freezing cold, but you don't want it hot either. So you want it lukewarm or whatever. Um, you don't ever want to spray, though, you know, if you have a hose or something like that. We use the bucket method with him um, because it just we wanted to kind of keep it. If you turned on a hose or something with him, he would have freaked out. So we just used it. <laughs> You, you just use the pour the water in the bucket, pour the bucket of water over the dog kind of a thing. Um, you want him, and what he loved though was that I would give him massages. I do this to my sister's dog, but once you get him all soaked up and you get him and you just massage and scratch him, and that little leg just would start, and he was like, "Okay, I can I can take the bath." Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and you just kind of make it really, really a fun and relaxing kind of a thing for him. And you just want to keep reinforcing it because he, that's the only time where he would get, you know, his, his little treats of cheese. We would get like a little, you know, square. Not a lot. You don't want to give him a lot of treats or whatever. But we would give him like a little bit of pinch off of the slice of cheese just to give him something to just kind of say, okay, you're good. Everything's fine. And he would calm down. And we would get him out and we would towel him off and dry him off. But then he was so wet. Sometimes we would just let him air dry 
But he looked so much better because he was like this big puffball once you blew him dry. But if you are going to use a blow dryer, make sure you have it on a low speed upsetting. You don't want to have it high like you would, like if you were blow drying your hair or whatever, because if you keep it, you know, I mean, anybody who's probably had a hair dryer and you kept it in one space too long, it gets hot and you'll burn you. You don't want to do that to your dog or whatever. If you want to use the blow dryer, make sure you have it on a low, low setting. It's a cool setting. If you want to do a cool setting or whatever, so you don't risk the, the chance of, like, burning them or anything like that. You know, too, um, a common question that a lot of people wonder is, should you bathe your cat? Mm. Um, based on what I have read, um, pretty much cats can kind of handle their own grooming, but there may be times where your cat gets very dirty, like maybe if you have an outdoor cat and it's sort of um, been in a rough and tumble situation, kind of like you were speaking of with Boomer, and they've gotten extra dirty or, or they've gotten into something sticky or smelly. In those situations, you would want to bathe your cat. But as most cat um, pet parents know, that's not really an easy task so <laughs> in you, most you cases. Did you, did, you, did you bathe Missy? I think I remember you telling me once that you did bathe Missy. I, the whole time um, that Missy was here with me, we probably bathed her maybe about three or four times. One of those times was when she was a baby, so that was um, a lot easier, but she didn't even like it then. Um, and one of the other times she was under the influence of some some medicine that she'd been given, so she was a lot more docile than she would normally be. But um, the other two times, uh, it was not so much of a pleasant experience for us or her. So um, they they just, most of them don't like water. There are some certain breeds that enjoy it more. Um, but they say when you're going, if you're going to bathe your cat, um, you need to schedule the bath when your cat is at um, its most mellow. Um, a play session with the cat, with a cat dancer or other toy of choice can tire out the friskiest of felines. Um, the ASPCA experts also recommend that you trim their claws before bathing. Um, my own personal take on this, I don't think that's an easy thing to do either with a cat. Mm. Missy would not let that happen. For me, just personally, if, if you're going to trim a cat's claws, I think it's better to maybe have that done by a professional. You know, Unless you just really have a cat that's just a lot more calm, maybe you could pull that off. But I know with Missy, she would not have been still enough to let that happen. Well, with Boomer, you know, we sometimes he would let us clip his nails. Sometimes he would, but it would just freak me out because you can, like they say, you can cut it to the quick, that part mm-hmm. of the nail where it would bleed. And so we we tried it a couple of times. I was like, you know, I'm just not comfortable with this. I just didn't want to hurt him. Because I just didn't know, and I didn't want to hurt him. And sometimes he could get skittish, and he would, like, the nail would be in it, but then he would all of a sudden just pull his hand back. And I was just like, okay, we're not doing this anymore. So we would take him to the vet. But I read about um, on the SPCA site that, let's see, some dogs don't like to have their feet touched, and Boomer was one of them. He did not like to have his feet touched. So it's always mm-hmm. a good idea to get the trust, good idea to get your dog to um, and get used to having his feet touched before you attempt to to trim their nails. So you want to rub your hands up and down his or her leg and gently press each individual toe and give them lots of praise and treats. And within a week or two of the daily foot massage, your dog should feel more comfortable with the nail trim. And then you want to begin by spreading each of your dog's feet to inspect dirt and debris. Use a sharp, guillotine-type nail clipper to cut off the tip of the nail at a slight angle just before the point where it begins to curve. And take um, care to avoid the quick, a vein that runs into the nail. 
um, and you want to smooth any kind of rough edges with an emery board. Now, sometimes I would do the emery board because if he would, like, go out somewhere, he would have, like, this little claw because he would scratch me. I'm like, what is going on with your foot? So I would take an emery board and, like, file down the rough edges. But as far as getting, I mean, if you're comfortable with it and it's good and you know how to do it, I would, you know, go ahead, sign. But if it's something where you just don't feel comfortable with it, I would just let a professional do it because we would take, one week we would take him in, we would just, uh, you know, schedule to have his nails clipped. And that was just maybe $10, $10 to, to have that done. And it's just so much easier. And they're able to do it. And, they, you know, they're professionals. They know how to do it. So it's just it just takes a little bit more stress off mama to know that, okay, they're going to clip his nails, he'll be fine. And I just ran across something, Dee. Um, it's funny when you were talking about, like, more non-traditional pets, but I did read something about guinea pigs here where it says that a guinea pig with unchecked teeth can develop severe overbites leading to an inability to eat and ultimately to starvation. Oh, didn't know that. So if you have a guinea pig, then you need to make sure that you are letting a professional check their teeth from time to time because I guess that's a problem that they can end up having. Ooh, because I remember with, with boomers, because, you know, with the whole teeth thing, you know, brushing, a, you know, because dogs have teeth. And I don't know, did you brush the cat's teeth? Did you ever brush the teeth? No, there, there would just be no way in heck that <laughs> Missy would have let that happen. But I did read that there are, you know, some, some people who are able to brush their cat's teeth. And I even read that um, if you have a cat or a small dog, that you can forego the pet toothbrush and just use a Q-tip using the um, pet toothpaste and actually brush their teeth with a Q-tip. Or you can even put a little bit on your finger and kind of run it across their teeth. Yeah. But I just don't know of any cats that will really allow you to do that. I'm not saying they don't exist, but not the ones I've known. See, with Boomer, because that was another thing that I, I started to introduce as a puppy, to get him used to having my fingers in his mouth, touching his gums, touching his teeth, that's something that they suggest. And basically with him, it was a thing of, um, once you get them used to just having you have your fingers and things in their mouth, they have like these little, it's like a little symbol kind of a thing where you can, and it has little bumpy grooves on it, and you put like the dog toothpaste, which they sell in the pet store, what have you, um, and you just kind of do that. But with Boomer, we got to the point where we got a full-on, you know, dog toothbrush. And he loved the chicken flavor toothpaste. <laughs> you bring out the chicken. It was more of a thing of let me brush the teeth, and he would be in there just licking, just like, you know, it was just like, let me brush your teeth, dude. Let me get the brush on your teeth because he would lick it off before you could even get it in there. But you could get a good brush on him, and that was something that he was kind of comfortable with because I think it was the flavor of the toothpaste. They say you kind of want to maybe put a little bit around their lips just to get them used to the taste. And with him, it worked with the flavor, the chicken flavor and the beef flavor. He was all for that. He was like, yeah, we can brush my teeth. Come on, let's do it. <laughs> Here we go. It was like a lollipop for him, so. They do definitely have to have their, their teeth clean, and they also say that um, some, well, teeth brush, but but if they get to the point where they might need to get them clean because that can lead to other problems, that's something you want to go into the vet to have them do, um, and, and they will, you know, put them under and, and kind of do a professional cleaning on them. And if you have the money, um, I was reading here that um, professional pet grooming may seem like an unnecessary expense, but the majority of groomers do more than trim hair and brush teeth. They are trained to spot potential health risks before they become a major complication. Um, that's something I never considered um, because they were saying that uh, 
many times while they're um, getting a grooming, you know, they discover certain things like parasite in- infestations such as fleas and ticks that's found like during brushing or bathing sessions. And they were even saying that matted fur can be hiding skin diseases or outside irritants such as clinging plant pods or thorns. Yeah, you know those little things like when you're out in your yard, those little things that will stick yes. to your socks and stuff? Yes. Think about with, with your pets, your dogs and stuff, that stuff can get in their fur, those, those little sharp we, things. We would have to, like, literally, because you would go and you would rub him and you something would stick you, and you're like, what is that? And it was because he would have these things tangled up in his fur. So you have to brush them. You have to keep them warm, especially if they're long-haired and they have to care and you can't see it because they could get tangled up in there. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, I never considered that, you know, professional grooming could be something where they might discover something that's going on, you know. So, and, and of course, everyone cannot afford that. But, you know, for some things, especially like if you own a cat and there are just some procedures that a cat isn't just going to let you do, you might want to consider letting a professional groomer do it if you can't afford it. Exactly, exactly, most definitely. Well, there was a lot of good information we were not able to get to, as usual, but we'll be sure sure to post that on our Facebook and Twitter pages. And make sure you guys tune in next Saturday because we will be talking about our favorite fall pet memories featuring Boomer and Missy. And if we have time, maybe even some Blackie stories and some, um, some other past pets. So tune in next week. <laughs> well, we'll be here same bat time, same bat station, 5 p.m. Central. You guys enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thanks for tuning in. Thank Bye. You. Bye.